Hello, my name is Wendy Aslam. I teach here at Trisha Institute. And uh, this week is Purim. And so we're going to be looking at a midrash from Esther Rabbah that uh, discusses the story of Purim in light of several other biblical stories. Uh, there's a link to the source sheet in case you want to be looking at it as we go. Um, in chapter 2 of Megillah Esther, we're told, In Esther Magedet Moladita, Esther does not reveal her people to anybody. Um, and the Midrash in Esther Rabbah, chapter 6, Midrash 12, says that this teaches that Esther grasped silence herself as her ancestor Rachel had grasped the art of silence. Um, and the Midrash goes on to say, all of Rachel's descendants were also silent. They learned this art of silence. And the Midrash now describes how each one of, how Rachel and uh, three of her descendants each chose to be silent at a particular moment. We're told Rachel grasped the art of silence. She saw her bridal gifts being given to her sister and she was silent. The Midrash assumes that um, on the night that Rachel's father, Lavan, switched her for her sister, Leah, that Rachel knew it was going to happen. She saw the different bridal gifts and the different parts of her trousseau being given to her sister, Leah. She knew this was going to happen. She could have said something about it and she chooses to be silent. Binyamin, her son, grasped silence. Her son Binyamin also has, has a moment where he could have chosen to speak up and instead chose to be silent. And the Midrash says, how do we know this? Because the stone uh, that corresponded to the tribe of Binyamin on, uh, on the breastplate of the high priest was Yashfei, to say that he knew about the sale of Yosef and was silent. Yashfei meaning Yeshpeh, there is a mouth, and yet uh, he was silent. And the Midrash assumes here that Binyamin knew that his brothers had sold Yosef. Yosef had not, in fact, been um, killed by a wild animal, and, um, and he chooses not to tell anybody about it. Shaul, her descendant, uh, also was silent, the Midrash says, because when Shaul meets up with his uncle after he's been anointed by the prophet Shmuel to be the first king of Israel, the verse says the matter of the kingship he did not tell him. Uh, Shaul decides not to reveal this exciting thing that he's just been anointed king. He doesn't tell his uncle about it. And um, Esther as well is also silent because uh, the verse says, in Esther Magedet Mola she does not reveal her people or her nation. Now I think a couple of things are very interesting about this Midrash. One is that the fact that the Midrash chooses to associate these different stories together is kind of interesting because um, they're actually very different. Um, when Rachel is silent and when Benjamin is silent, they actually cause a lot of damage within their families. Rachel causes Yaakov to be married to a woman that he hasn't chosen to be married to. He winds up married to Leah, even though that wasn't at all his intention. Um, and later on, Yaakov is, uh, sort of grieves for years and years, thinking that Yosef has died, even though Benjamin knows about it and could have said something. So those two cases of choosing to be silent seem very difficult, whereas um, Shaul choosing to be silent might just be seen as a kind of humility, and Esther choosing to be silent might be obedience to Mordechai, it might be kind of fear of what would happen. So the different silences seem seem very different at the outset. Um, and yet I think the fact that the Midrash um, associates all four of them together and describes it as not just being silent but grasping the art of silence, I think the Midrash is suggesting that in all of these cases, um, each character um, had had the ability to speak up and yet kind of very deliberately chose not to. Not, not necessarily out of fear or out of, out of humility, but because I think in each case the Midrash is suggesting that, um, that the character knew that, that some larger plan was unfolding and that they were sort of very carefully waiting until the right time to reveal the piece of information that they had or maybe even to, you know, to sort of let it be revealed by others. 
Um, and this window strikes me as being very, very interesting for us today because we, we spend a lot of time thinking about um, sort of how we speak and how we're heard and making sure that other people hear us correctly when we're speaking. Um, there's, there's a lot of attention to sort of the importance of having a voice and the correct way of using that voice. And um, I think maybe Josh would say that you know, that is certainly very important, but there's also um, an art to knowing when not to speak and an art to being silent, uh, sorry, an art to being silent, whether it's about um, creating space for other people to, to, to speak or kind of letting something else unfold around you that might not unfold if, if you were to um, reveal everything that you knew right at that moment. Um, and in as much as uh, on the holiday of Purim, we very much celebrate the moment that Esther does come forward and does speak up. And it's her, her speech that saves, saves the Jewish people and brings about the whole holiday of Purim. Um, I think this Midrash suggests that in as much as it took a lot of courage and wisdom for Esther to speak when she did, um, it also took courage and wisdom for her to choose to be silent when she did. Um, and that as we celebrate Purim, I think it's useful for us to kind of remember both sides of that, the importance of speaking at the right time and also of knowing kind of maybe when, when, not, to, when not to speak and sort of how to wait. Um, and this artistry of silence is something that the Midrash imagines that Rachel has sort of taught to her descendants and we kind of as the sort of metaphorical descendants of Rachel can um, perhaps try to grasp the art of silence as well. Happy Purim. <laughs>